Mother's Day this weekend. Have you done your shopping? Have you decided what you're going to get, Mom? Have you thought about it at all? AMs with AJ on VFX. Can I level with you? We're friends, right? I can tell you everything. I am in that latter class. I have really not thought about it. And it's not because I don't want to get Mom something special. That's not it at all. I've been crazy busy. We're getting ready on va- to go on vacation, which I'm actually freaking out about because I feel like I haven't been able to properly pay attention to getting ready for, which is awful. But I, I got nothing. I got nothing. So, quick search of the internet, right? It's an easy way to save a couple seconds. Hopefully, give me some great ideas. And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because the internet said about a third of uh, Mother's Day really only want cards. They're cool with you spending like less than 50 bucks. They are totally down with it not being something super elaborate. And the funny thing is, I feel like generally mom is easier to shop for. She is definitely, I think, uh, well, in fairness, mom, I think, operates under the premise that I generally do when it comes towards presents, which is I can buy whatever I want, so I don't really need someone to buy anything for me. So like just some lotion or something like that. And mom appreciates the sentimental gifts if you can make something, but who's got the time anymore? I think more than anything, mom and love is really a combination of two things. Obviously, one, to get everyone together. So I think if you could like do some kind of get-together, get all the siblings, maybe some extended family, and you just take her out to dinner, and of course mom doesn't pay, 100%, I don't think any mom would ever turn that down. No mom would be like, oh, everybody I wanted to see together? <sighs> Two, I still maintain, I don't think there is anyone in this world who wouldn't like a day to themselves. Now, maybe not necessarily on Mother's Day, or excuse me, yes on Mother's Day, but not at the expense of the number one, right? She'd still like to see everyone, but like a a breakfast in bed and spa day or a massage or something like that, kind of just get her some time to herself and, you know, take take the kids, do whatever, set her something up and just let her... Relax, because everybody busting their butt, working hard. Not even, like just not even being a parent, just doing jobs and stuff. Because who's not working very much anymore? And so I think you got to find a way to do combination of those two things. And the nice thing is, you know, massage and stuff could get maybe a little bit pricey, but the the dinner stuff, you know, it's really not that bad. It's just more so the putting the effort into organizing everything. So for me, SOL. I can't do any of that stuff because nobody's at home with my my mother, and uh, we ain't gonna be there anytime soon. So, buying something it is. I hope, I hope, anybody else find that their dad kind of unhelpful sometimes with gifts, right? So, dad should be the one, like, point one for, like, hey, what, is, what does mom want? And it's usually not the case. Like, you're better off asking your siblings or just taking a random guess or, frankly, Googling on the internet. Anybody else? Like, hey, my dad, not, not, not great in that realm. Really not great. Since we're friends, and I'm I'm confessing to you, right? I haven't had a chance to think about Mother's Day. Have you ever gotten interested in something but been afraid to ask because maybe it's it's too late? Like you're not so much that you said you knew how to do so, and now you got to admit that's not the case. But like you're super interested into it, but you feel like you will be so far behind trying to jump in on this potential hobby that uh, you're kind of nervous about it. Because I found something new, and I'd really like to try it. But I'm terrified because I am such a novice at it. Now, of course, everyone says you shouldn't be afraid to try something new. You should should venture out there. You should do what you want to do and have fun with it. And I agree. 
But we also all don't want to look like doofuses. Ames with AJ on VFX. Have you ever found something you're interested in trying, but you're so worried that you were like maybe so far behind or wouldn't be able to catch up or nobody would want to explain it to you that you're afraid to ask about it? Because I just recently stumbled into one. Me and the girlfriend just started watching uh, Dimension 20 on YouTube. And if you're unfamiliar, they're an offshoot, I think, of college humor that does like fun nerd stuff. Uh, but one of the big things they do is they run through D&D campaigns and they have a, a video for it. And like you can watch them act and they add some animation bits and stuff. It's really cool. And really in my life, there's only been, I think, about one time that an opportunity has really come up to try D&D. And I legitimately, this is way back in college. My, I think my response was some version of, I'm not that much of a nerd. Even though I'd really never seen it and never played, I was just like, I, I don't think so. And the guy that invited me, we were we were all right, but you know, I, we were acquaintances more than anything. So I've been watching this, and it looks like a ton of fun. And we're like, we've committed. Like this, we're watching this series. It's like 18 episodes long. They're all like an hour and a half to two hours long. So we're committed to seeing this whole campaign play out, and it looks like a total blast. But the thing I'm concerned about. It's because Ashley's like, oh, you should do that. You should, you should, you're good at writing stories. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't be the dungeon master. First of all, I would like to just maybe try and work my way through one before all of a sudden I'm running one. But so we're like super interested in talking about it and laughing and enjoying this whole thing. But having never done it, both of us are terrified about, uh, well, I think more so me because she's just super gung ho. So her, her, I think excitement will, will trump her anxiety me on the other hand i'm like okay i i need to be like legitimately baby walked through this because i don't know any of the rules or any of the roles and and the classes and how do you create a character and i'm like i don't feel like i'm as creative if people think so i'm like i don't know if i'll be able to come up with a character that you like you you breathe life and uh, your character obviously right with the voices and the attitude and all that and i would really love to do it but then you're like well where do you start because you want some experience to walk you through but then you're also terrified someone experience is going to like not have the patience, right? So it's like this catch-22 where you're stuck in this place where you want someone who knows what they're doing, but at the same time you want them to have the patience to walk you through it. I don't know. We're going to find it. I'm going to persevere. Persevere and figure it out. All of a sudden, in my in my mid-30s, it's going to be my new thing. It's going to be a big part of D&D campaigns. Not what I was expecting to stumble into to 2022. It's going to be awesome. Actually, speaking of uh, fantastical, as it were, or as opposed to fantastical, about paranormal, because I agree that it is real. Paranormal is real. Not sure I'm right there. I'm quite there on zombies yet. But I got texted earlier this week a question from my brother that was kind of a brain buster, and I happened to stumble across the meme, so you could play part in it too. But very simply, can you have a zombie and a ghost from the same person? Picture that it's like the middle of the morning. You still haven't quite woken up. You're starting to get into your groove at work. And all of a sudden you get a text from your brother, sibling, significant other, someone super close to you, knows you well. Ames with AJ on VFX. It's the debated eight. And they text you and say, hey, can a zombie and a ghost come from the same person? How do you deal with that brain buster in the middle of the morning when probably very unlikely you were like in even that realm of thought? You were very probably not in operating in the paranormal, just being like, na, 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 na. very, very unlikely. 
But, ironically enough, the meme came up. We're talking about Paranormal Day. So the question, meme, are on our Facebook page. Is it possible for a ghost and zombie to come from the same person? And the interesting thing is, I think it depends on the, na- the, the amount of soul that is left in the zombie, which is always, I feel like, a point, some point in the movie, comic, TV show, whatever it is, that there's like that moral ground where everyone's like, oh, these are just in- soulless monsters that are just trying to kill people and shoot them and shoot them and shoot them and shoot them and shoot them. And then finally someone shows you that moment, right? where all of a sudden you get to see them play with a wind chime or flowers or, or butterflies. They see someone, it feels like the light goes on for a second. And so it feels like there's always that moment where they try to use it as a moral choice. And if that's the case, then yes, right? But on the same standpoint, I guess you make the argument, if there's a little bit of soul left, did they technically die? Now, I don't know the rules of paranormal. I just think it's a fun thought exercise because when it came to zombie or ghost... I guess you could hold out hope that you as a zombie, though mostly a mindless part of a horde and just moving around, could survive, eventually be a cure, and you could potentially come back. But I feel that feels unlikely, right? Just doesn't feel like most of them in that way. You're either going to rule the world, be beaten as a zombie, or that's about it. It's those two options. And the ghost, while less physically able to do anything... At least, I think, would save your wit and humor and all that. Not much you could do. Be fun to me. Uh, you still have your faculties, as it were. So you had to pick, I think, ghost is the obvious answer. At the end of the day, call the second poll today. Can a zo- ghost and zombie come to the same person? I'd like to say no. Because I think there wouldn't be enough soul left to create a full entity ghost. So maybe like shimmers or reflections or maybe essence of you left behind. But no, I don't think you could still be, I don't think you could be both. I think you'd be one or the other. Because also, again, if you retain some soul, which a lot of those zombie content tries to say, then I don't know that you could, you're technically dead then. You're just kind of changed and lost yourself. More like a a disease that kind of erodes the brain. Or, you know, really, you know, same as if you had a really long week, you're really exhausted and you just can't do basic functions. Same kind of thing. Mindless zombie. I was really, I, I, I don't know where my brother came up with it. I don't know if he saw the meme too, but I was like, dude, I can't handle this. The worst thing is I gave him an answer, like a thought out answer along those same lines. And then he didn't respond back. I'm like, eh. well, what's the point of starting a discussion? You're not going to finish it. Memes on our Facebook page. though, like I said, Utah's VFX. You can weigh in on your behalf. Do you think you can get a ghost and a zombie from the same person? Speaking of zombieic, zombieic hordes. You do that. Uh, Florida seems kind of like the same thing, right? Because how is it that every day, every day, we have someone doing something stupid, whereas we take the rest of the world to match them day for day? And I can tell you, I don't, I'm not sure that art is as respected as I thought it was. This is like the third story in the last couple months where someone's just taken it, and it seems like they've been like, ah, well, well, uh, maybe it's because it's grandma, sweet old grandma, but. Apparently, Art, you could just walk away with it, and if you're sorry, maybe just maybe you get a warning. Art doesn't mean anything. Like, you, right, if you went somewhere fancy, it, anywhere, but if you went somewhere fancy, you expect if you even got close to Art, someone give you that stern, like, look over the glasses thing, but apparently, not the case. Ames with AJ on VFX, Florida, not a woman in a museum took down a piece of art that was just, a, it was a jacket hanging. That was the piece. She took it down, not knowing it was art, took it home and tailored it 
then got arrested when she showed back up a few days later. They let her off with a warning. First of all, even if she didn't think it was art, which is fair because it's gotten a little abstract, no denying that, she knew it wasn't her. She didn't wander in with a blue jacket. She went and got it tailored. So not only did she know it wasn't hers, she then was like, oh, this is mine, but I should get it to fit. She think it was a lost and found? And then they let her off with a warrant. Headline number two. Police arrested a woman who, quote, played mermaid as she swam up to waterfront homes in the area and then decided, eh, whatever, and entered him and tried to steal stuff. Not the thing Ariel would have done. It's 100% not the thing that Ariel would have done. This woman at least not playing dumb. She knew what she was doing. I'm not so sure that the first one, old lady or not, didn't know what she was doing. And apparently, you can just take art. It's totally cool. I admit, I've very much been in the camp that we need something other than shark movies. I'm tired of a freaking shark movie coming out what seems like every year. When there's some other terrible creatures out there, we could definitely go with as options. Aims with AJ on VFX. It's Florida or not. That being said, when I pictured mermaids, I was thinking something a little bit more fantastical, like kind of an old sea voyagey movie. I wasn't thinking of something a little bit more personable where, like, if you lived on a beachfront, they could just kind of swim up and they just broke in your house and stole some stuff for the sake of it. That being said, story number one, a 72-year-old woman went into a museum and one of the art displays was a blue jacket hanging on a nail. That was it. Art, we could debate that later. But then she decided, well, this isn't mine, but there's no way this is art. So, like, lost and found finders keepers and took it. Not only did she take it, she then took it into uh, somewhere to get it uh, tailored. She got it tailored. And then she came back to the museum wearing it. So, not only did she take it from that, well, she could say, thank you. Hey, I know this was in the loft and found. Man, this is my new favorite jacket. I had to do a little work on it. But, Wow. And she got arrested, only for the museum to be like, ah, it's okay, and let her off with a warning. Are you kidding me? The piece wasn't insured, so whoever that piece was, or the museum, or whoever doesn't get any money for it, I don't know that it was anybody serious, so I think it's just one of those weird pieces like where someone duct tape a banana to the wall, right? It's weird. Again, we could debate whether that's art or not, but still, this lady took a jacket she knew wasn't hers, then had it tailored because she knew it wasn't hers and it didn't fit. And then came back to the museum she took it from. And then they were all like, that's cool. <laughs> Story number two, police arrested a woman who they quote said played mermaid. She wasn't a mermaid or dressed up like one. But she would swim up to waterfront homes in the area. And then she just entered them. Which, what, what, what was going on? Were people like leaving the sliding doors open because the kids were out on the beach too? And she just wandered in and was like, hey. I'm going to have me a sandwich and some chips and some Gatorade while we're at it, too. And if you don't mind, I'll rummage through your jewelry box. I would think with waterfront property, because it's so easy for things to roll up and maybe something nuts might come out of the water, I think a lot of those people, I would guess, have some sort of security system, if not cameras. And so the question is, do you go with the old lady at the museum who I don't know what she was doing or the waterfront properties, which definitely potentially could be Florida? <sighs> Without the sheer stupidity, because my mind is still just blown that that old lady was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just going to take this jacket and I'm going to get it tailored and it's mine and I'm going to come back and show it off. Plus, she was 72. I think we go with uh, story number one. Which was in Paris. I tell you, I'm going to be in Paris in like a week and a half. And I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to take a jacket off of a museum wall. Because if there's one thing I know, Parisians... 
and I think French people in general don't like Americans. So walking away with a jacket, probably not going to go very well. I just, it's not yours. This is like the work fridge thing, but on a much higher scale. Don't take it. Florida not. VFX. Speaking of things that are head scratchers, I get if you move into a new home or you move into a home that's older, there's going to be some probably noises you have to get used to. And maybe occasionally they get a little bit louder, or a little bit stranger, and it still kind of gets to you. But you definitely wouldn't call the cops, right? Like even if you got new appliances, you wouldn't call the cops. One family, not the case. Almost got their robot shot. In this age where everyone's investing in more and more appliances, right? How many times have you seen the air fryer, the smoker? How many friends do you know that have bought an air fryer or smoker? Because if the answer's not most of them, you're lying to yourself. Because it's like every one of my friends. AMs with AJ on VFX. And admittedly, right, if you were to upgrade even like your fridge or dishwasher, washer, dryer, whatever it is, probably be some new sounds you'd have to adjust to. But I think you'd pick them up, right? Like you'd pretty quickly just be able to zone them out. And Nebraska, I don't want to make fun of you guys, but come on. A family heard footsteps coming up their stairs over the weekend. And so they called the police like, we think there's a burglar in here. He's trying to, he's trying to get in here. We're, we're really terrified. We're like boarded up in the bedroom here. And just please get over here. So, of course, I imagine the cops come in and kick the door down. And the free sucker. And they're doing the investigation. Make sure there's nobody in the house. They found the perpetrator. It was the Roomba. The Roomba was doing some cleaning. That's what they heard. No, the Roomba wasn't arrested, nor was it shot, and the family was safe, but it's like, come on. Also, look, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy, but shouldn't someone maybe like, I don't know, peek their head out? I know it's dangerous or something, but didn't, didn't like, better or not, doesn't it, when you hear a noise in your house, don't you eventually go and see what it is, even though like every horror movie's told us that's terrible, right? Because you're not supposed to be like, hello, is anyone there? And you hear the, and you're like, okay, I'm coming down. I'm going to see what's going on. Even though every horror movie's taught us that's absolutely not what to do. In our natural instinct to do that, because I don't think there's ever been a time where I've heard a noise and thought it could be something. And then I was like, well, I better call the cops. Because I guess logically, to my, my credit, I guess logically my brain is gone. It's probably not something. It's probably something stupid. You should just go get it checked out and then you won't be anxious anymore and it'll be easily solved. Right? There's only one time I didn't call the cops. I was uh, with my girlfriend. I had moved in with her basically in her apartment, uh, like my first year of college. And she had one of those those shelves that you could stick up in the shower. So like they had the suction cups and you just put them up in the corner and it had all the things. And it fell, but I did not think about that. I thought there was this huge noise that someone like had crashed in the bathroom. And I thought, oh no, something's happening. I should do something. And then I didn't get up. And then I was anxious for half an hour. And then I fell asleep. Which case, if that burglar was in there, I don't think they're just standing and they're waiting for me after like 15 minutes, maybe not even that. They're like, okay, well, clearly they just ignored this. I'm going to go back to do what I was doing. That's about the only time I didn't investigate and thought it potentially could have been something. Nebraska, you're not Kansas, but good gosh, guys, come on. Is it possible? You know how they always say like there's those two different types of relationships, two types of people, and you find them. Like there's one who doesn't like pickles and there's one who loves pickles. Is it possible that the two types in the relationship are the two that show one that shows patience and one that doesn't in the fast food drive through Because there's about three things everybody does, and I am guilty. Girlfriend is not. AMs with AJ on VFX. When you go to the fast food place, like random place, Taco Time, Taco Bell, Burger King, McDonald's, KFC, Chick-fil-A, whatever it is, how do you ever go to a place that you don't know what you want to order? 
first of all? Like, don't you have kind of your your list of things? Maybe you'll mix it up once in a while, but, like, once you go somewhere, depending on where you know you're going, like if you go to, you know, a McDonald's or a Burger King, you probably know roughly what you're going to get. Because on this list, there's three things that everyone does at a fast food restaurant. Number one is reciting it from memory. And I got I don't feel bad when I go to the menu, but I tell you what, I feel you feel that pressure ramp up all of a sudden if someone gets behind you, yeah? Cause like everybody, like you know what you're going there for. If you picked a place, it's not like you randomly like, oh let's just go to this place you've never seen it before. You're in your own town, you can pick where you want to go. So yes, say it from order. Number two, you check the bag. And if you don't check the bag, please add it to your repertoire. Because it seems like whenever I don't I learned you because know, they're gonna get. You want to make sure to catch mostly. You want to make sure you get everything more than a mistake. Because you're not gonna unwrap everything. I just want to make sure I get all my food. But it seems like when I forget to do so, like if I'm in a hurry and I rush to grab it, that's when I miss something. It's 100. percent If I don't check, there's something in there I didn't. I didn't get that I ordered. But the thing I ask is: Is it possible that in relationships, there's two types of people in fast food? Those who are patient and those who aren't. Because the third thing is: Is everybody tries the fries immediately. And I can tell you, for me, it's not just the fries. If I think I can fit it in my hand, it's not making it home. The other day I went to Taco Time and I got one of those little skinny crunchy burritos they do in my hand immediately. It was in my hand immediately. When it comes to Ashley, she'll maybe do some french fries. Maybe. But she is much more patient than I am. Because like when she picks up food for the two of us and gets home, it still looks nice like they wrapped it. When I get there, you can tell I've clearly been in it and have con- considered... Like deciding whether or not I'm like, ah, wait, wait, could I just eat it all now? Like whatever I could fit in my mouth before I get home is probably going in my mouth before I get home. <laughs> On top of that, the stupid thing was at Taco Times, like, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get some sauce, I'm gonna get some sauce, and then I was like, was well, this really worth it? Because I kind of want to put it on this burrito. I was like, nah, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat this burrito anyway. So I ate that burrito on the way home. Even though I technically got sauce for it. I was like, I'm not waiting. And I can't do sauce and burrito because I don't want to drive with my knees. Look, I'm, I'm over 30. I know better than that. <laughs> Is it possible that the perfect relationships are made up by those who are patient when it comes to getting the food and taking it home and those who are impatient? Ideally, you don't eat from their fries. I admit occasionally I might steal from both sides. But hey, you know. Bigger guy, I need more food. That's how I'm going to judge it. <laughs> to be able to afford more fast food, I'm going to have to make some cash. And I got to tell you, this is more the, the fantasy side of my brain that sees things. I was like, what if this happened? Very rarely is that the case. Don't follow through on any of it. But I was driving over this weekend, and I saw a uh, storage shed sell. And I immediately went to the Discovery Channel. I was like, oh, I better get on in this. This is going to be my new thing. Turns out, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone who does this. They often say the keys to being successful are either A, to do something better than anyone else is, or to B, find something no one else is doing, and then have it go on the Discovery Channel. Ames with AJ on VFX, and I say that solely as someone who loves, like, the deadliest catch. I've been binge-watching on Discovery Plus, actually, the last week and a half. So I'm not making fun of it. I'm saying I'm into it. Aims with AJ on VFX. And this weekend I was driving around and I was going to do something so I couldn't stop. But I saw someone was having a storage shed sell. So that immediately took me through a tongue twister, obviously. And then I thought of, what is it, Storage Wars? Is that what the show is? Where they like buy just random auctions and stuff. And then they're like, okay, we paid this much for it. Now we got to see what's in here and see if anything's worth it. And how can you not? Because like that appeals to the kid in me that loved opening card backs for like Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Because there's like total mystery. Now, granted, there's a big difference, I think, between spending hundreds of dollars on a random storage shed that may have just absolute crap in it 
and you know, five or six bucks on a pack that may not pan out. But it totally appeals to me. And then I found out that a friend of a friend of a friend actually does this because I, I made some comment to someone uh, about it. And I was like, oh, man, I kind of wish I could have stopped because like, I don't need any more junk. But, you know, you, just, you like to peruse, right, see what's going on. And uh, apparently, friend of a friend of a friend said that uh, they started picking it up as a side hassle. They buy storage lockers at online auctions. And apparently in the last few months, they've made like $3,000. And apparently it's to the point that the husband's thinking about quitting. And I was like, what? That is nuts. Because it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it'd be cool to get into. But like, how committed do you get into? Because if you don't get in committed enough, then is it really worth it? I was like, what? So I was curious. 68255 is the number to text. Start your text with VFX. Has anyone like gotten into this at all or looked into it? Because I think it'd be super interesting. You got to have time on your hands to do so. But like. That one seems uh, the friend of a friend of a friend, you know, fake, right? But the friend of a friend of a friend doing it on a minor scale sounds super awesome because, like, I get it's like the appeal of going antique, like the great, was it the, the, the road show, the Grand Antique Road Show or whatever it is, finding that stuff out, but like buying stuff like that and then taking it in to see if you have anything or like Pawn Star, speaking of History Channel on that one. It's just cool to see there's people that actually do that. They try and collect stuff and then see if they have anything valuable. And I'm like, you know, there's 401ks and retirement and investing in my future and all that. And then there's buying storage lockers and hoping I really hit it big. I, don't know, I was just blown away that I sort of knew someone who does that. And now I'm like kicking myself because maybe there's something awesome in that storage shed sale that I could have been like, this starts it. That's the seed money right there. <sighs> Speaking of money. So. My buddy, keep, I keep joking he's turning into hy- hyperdrive, but he's not. He got engaged like a month ago. They've got the wedding already set now, uh, 13 months from now. And the as we talk about it, we're getting the groomsmen sorted out. The bachelor party's getting more and more elaborate. And am I going to go? Absolutely. And I'm concerned that it's getting more and more expensive? Absolutely. Is anybody else concerned? It seems like those bachelor, bachelorette parties are upticking that way. What would you want to do for your bachelor or bachelorette party? Because I'm not saying it's not supposed to be a ton of fun. It's supposed to be a big blowout. And maybe, just maybe, I'm sounding like my father here and be like, oh, money doesn't grow on trees. Aims with AJ on VFX. But my gosh, are they getting crazier and crazier. The first two I was a part of, my best friend, one of my best friends, and my brother, both were actually saying we did a pub crawl. We did a couple other small things around that. But that was kind of the basis because the idea was just to get everyone together and have a good time. And now, let me just be clear for the next one that I'm probably going to be a part of. Very good friend. He's very kind of that guy to like show off a little bit. So I'm not surprised, but like I thought I wasn't planning it, but we had some discussions. We might get together and do like a, a just a boys day, like doing some casino, hanging out, whatever. All of a sudden it's gone from like a day to like a weekend. We're renting a, a lake house. And we're going golfing and we're doing this and we're doing this. And yes, does it sound fun? But good gosh, has it gotten quite elaborate, and that's it's a, it's a, that's some cashola to fork over. On top of the fact that, of course, a bunch of us have to fly in. We'll be there. Then you know, when's the wedding? We got to fly in for that. Run all that stuff. And I'm not trying to sound like a cheapskate. I'm just saying it has gotten so elaborate. Because of course, I'm not going to not get him a gift either. The question is, if you've seen it in your life get a little bit more elaborate or more expensive, really is the bottom line. What do you think the reason is? Jeff's on the phone. Jeff, what do you think? I blame movies like The Hangover. Right. Everyone wants to go out with a bang. 
Meanwhile, there isn't anything wrong with having a chill night with some friends. You know, it doesn't need to be an insane night. You don't have to steal a tiger and get married to a stripper. It's funny because after that movie, I was convinced one of us was going to try and have a bachelor party in Vegas. And I don't think it's going to happen anymore because I don't think I'm going to take us to Vegas. But, okay, so I get the big bang because, the bit, like, I was re- I saw, stumbled across a meme the other day. It was like, why get married instead? Just do something very quiet and then spend all the money on the honeymoon. Because why do things for everybody else? Because the wedding's not actually for the people getting married. It's so everybody else can be there. And I get it because the bachelor party is kind of the people you'd want to bachelor and bachelorette want to spend with, right? Because it's with your bridesmaids and groomsmen who are the people that are probably some of your closest. So I'm all for getting to hang out. It's really cool. I am frustrated, by the way, that we're going to do this. And this groom, has, this groom has never come out to visit me since I moved away. And he gets vacation time all the time. But man... You got to kind of okay that across the board, right? Because that's one of the issues we're seeming to stumble in all the time is people complain on the internet like this this thing has gotten absolutely nuts because they're not asking and I can't afford that. And you don't want to say no because you don't want to let anybody down, but you still want to participate. Okay, I buy movies also online. Ashlyn, Ashlyn, what do you think? What's the reason that these things have gotten just nuts? Everyone wants to go on a whole vacation now for their bachelorette party. It used to be like one night of drinks, maybe some spa time, and then that was it. Maybe you'd stay at a hotel one night. That'd be cool. Now, I swear, everything is two nights minimum, and it's several days filled with activities. Yep, yep. The last one I went to, the bridal party hired a personal chef to feed us at the house we rented. Okay, wait, hold on. Time out. So, I haven't run in the vacation one, thank goodness. Personally, the, wouldn't the point be to get, like, I know it's so nobody has to think about it, it's going to be delicious food, but in the point of you getting everybody together to, like, do the food together? Because i got to be honest with you. Multiple days for mine as I picture it. Maybe a little bit, but I'm just thinking, I just want to be with the boys. Yeah, it's going to be some activities here, but I like I want to get back to get, play some games together, like be together. Some drinking games, all that stuff. I just want to be with the boys. But whatever, it'll be a good time nonetheless, and I'll just, I'll just go in debt to make it happen. <laughs> Speaking of relationships, so there's a cliche, right, that there's certain exit points on relationships, right? Like the the first I love you meeting the parents, stuff like that. There's exits where if it gets too serious, you got to duck out before then. Otherwise, you're committed to the next level of the relationship. I had heard recently that apparently in a date, there's an exit point about an hour. That's the mark to try and get out beforehand if it's really bad, if not sooner. I've never encountered that. Has anybody? That'll start the debate at eight coming up in about five minutes. VFX. There's no denying, right? You date long enough, you're going to stumble into some absolute stinkers. But have you hit the apparent random threshold that is out in an hour? Because I I was told. Ames with AJ on VFX. It's the debate at eight. That's the threshold, right? You don't want to go longer than an hour. If you don't see it going anywhere, especially if it's getting bad, get out of there. Now, I think the worst date I ever went on, honestly, it wasn't even the date herself. She was nice. I just feel like we had chemistry. It was her friend. Her friend was like uh, a, a dating a buddy of mine, and I was like, okay, yeah, you could set me up, because she was always bugging me about it. I think mostly because she wanted to get her boyfriend back. <laughs> we were spending so much time together. And then she was like, uh, how was how's it going? I was like, it was all right. She's like, are you guys going to hang out again? I, was like, I don't know. I think I'm hanging out with Andrew. She goes, well, if you don't want to be honest about it, then I just won't set you up again. And I'm like, I just talked to your boyfriend about hanging out tonight. I'm not making this up. And then she stormed off, and I'm like, okay, don't set. What is going on? Where? I don't know that I've ever had a terrible date that I've been like, oh my gosh, please either strike me down or get me out of here. But what I'm curious about is your story because it was the poll of the day. 
For instance, Diana said he asked how long we had to date before we could do the fun stuff. He actually thought we were dating. After one date, I actually had to block him. Oof. Oof. Tiffany said, told me he knew we were going to do it the minute he saw me. So why was wasting time with small talk? I suddenly had an emergency I had to leave to take care of. I got to be honest. I'm envious of people. Not the situation. Because I, I know my friends would do it. I don't want to find myself in that situation. But I'm envious of not having a story where I have people I call and I'm like, hey, so like this is terrible. I'm going to call you back in, in like five minutes. Cry. Like something absolutely terrible has happened. Actually, if I can be honest with you. The one oper- one time that actually happened, my family got mad at me. I don't want to get too much in details because it makes everybody look bad, but someone had a family emergency and like was losing a family member, a friend, and needed someone, and I left a family dinner to go be with them, and the family was mad that I left on sudden notice. What 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 did you want me to do? Like, okay, I'll, I'll appetizers first, you're right, and then I'll bolt. What do you want me to do? Nicole commented, said he asked me out to lunch, ended up being over 15 minutes late without an explanation or an apology. Then he wouldn't talk, so I carried on with small talk. He gave me short-worded answers. Then a special needs worker asked if he was a cop. He worked for the highway patrol, and he was in his uniform. When he said he did, the worker said that he looked up to cops, and they were his heroes. The worker excused himself but said that he would go back to ask about his job. Before the worker got back, the date paid and told me he wanted to leave so he didn't have to do with that, quote, weirdo freak. Needless to say, that was the only date. Man, like, don't me wrong. As someone who works in a, can I say a public job? Like, I don't, I don't want to sound egotistical, but you know, one that people recognize me. Like, I get having days where you just don't feel like chatting, but I mean, that would, you're going to make that dude's day. And that's the reaction? Ugh. Yes, Nicole, absolutely the right decision. What is your story that got you out in less than an hour? That was all she wrote. I would get a text here. Uh, he stole breadsticks off the two tables next to us. What? What? Aren't they? Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. There are some places, but aren't they generally free? Like, wait, what is the point of stealing them? What? What? Uh, here's a text. She got drunk and uh, had a little accident in her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Out in an hour. You're punching out in under an hour. That is apparently the threshold we're trying to cross. It is the poll of the day. There's been some great stories. I'm sorry, ladies, you had to deal with all that. Utah's VFX on our social media. You read stuff like that, and you just can't help but to feel bad because, like, you understand why people are are like, oh, man, I just don't want to date. I don't want to try it. I'm jaded. I get it. I get it. Because not even that, you have enough bad experiences. Life teaches you. Your brain says, are we sure we want to do this again? But on top of that, there's anxiety for a first date, right? You got to get excited and you're nervous. And sometimes you got to find that thing that pumps you up, whether it's a speech or a haircut or something like that. What is the thing that gets you jazzed up to go on a date? That armor you maybe need to finally go out and brave it one more time. Ideally, get yourself hyped up. You get ready for a date that definitely is going to last more than an hour. Ideally, you don't have to bail out and then have some awesome story. Some entertaining story. It's not awesome to share with AMs with AJ at VFX for the debate at eight. But you hear those stories. You've been through enough dating. It'd be tough to drag yourself back up again and try and do it again. So what is the thing you need to hype you up, to build up the confidence, to potentially ask out another first date, even if you've tried like a hundred times before? Chelsea online. Chelsea, what is it for you? I really let my friends hype me up. Good call. You know, you just let your best friends have a couple of drinks, and then you just tell them, you know, I'm having some kind of doubt, and they just won't hear this. They'll, they'll just inflate your ego so that you're super confident. I mean, that's the way to do it. So, 
No denying. You're friends with a little bit of liquid courage. Definitely not going to tolerate you not talking about how or feeling how amazing you are. (laughs) But when you say that initially, I'm like, they can't tell you without that? Didn't feel. No. Yeah, friends, 100%. No, I'm going to be honest. The older you get, doesn't it feel like you kind of don't bother your friends so much? Like, they ask, and you're seeing someone, you'll say something. But, like, when it's the first date... Unless you're kind of the train wreck friend, I feel like you don't really say anything. You're like, I'll I'll say something if it gets to that point that I feel like this should know because I'm not going to waste time with something that's going to go. Like my, my brother used to tell that to my dad all the time. Like when I moved away from home, they'd, they'd ask him because I don't know why they couldn't ask me. He's like, he, he dating anybody? And my brother's response was, look, until they meet me, it's not important. And my parents are going to be like, don't you mean when they meet us? He goes, no, 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 me. I'm the important one. He's not wrong. Uh, what is the thing you need to build the confidence to ask someone out for that first date? Avery's on the line. Avery, what is it for you, my man? Uh, I built up my courage by going out and getting some new clothes right. and a new haircut. Uh, it helped me with way more confidence, you know, because I looked at my best. And when I asked her out, she said yes. And, like, we're still together, and it's almost two years now. Dude, awesome. Also, what Avery said, when I went into college – uh, part of it was just I wanted a new me, right, because you're going to somewhere else so you can kind of control the narrative because you told new people. I got a haircut. I got my ears pierced. Uh, pretty early on, I actually started wearing a lot more black, painted my nails, and I felt like invincible, man. I was like, oh, I am killing it right now. And the thing is, is that I think there's more than enough people are so anxious that they're it's a good, there's a big dating pool out there. And so it's not so much I feel like I did well. It's just there's enough options out there. And I was like, yeah, this is what it is. Felt like I'm stud. And then I destroyed so many friendships. And I was like, you're an idiot. But yes, I mean, uh, three S's, right? For, uh, I guess, everybody. I was going to say for fellas. But style, shave, shower. Not necessarily in that particular order. But those are three S's, I think, before you go out on a date. And you got you to look good. You look good in an outfit. You got confidence. The last thing is, especially as a bigger guy, like, you don't feel confident in that. You're going to be thinking about it. It's going to be rolling in the back of your brain. Like, are they noticing? Like, is this sticking out too much? Man, I feel just it's a little bit too much. Should I order something a little lighter? Because I feel bigger. And then freaking out about it. Got to get the clothes right. Avi's 100% right. Everyone's still out in the dating pool. I say it every time you have my condolences. Because it does not sound like a good time. But you will figure it out because there what's like over 7 billion people in the world. There's someone out there for everyone. You'll find them. That's the debate date on VFX. I would say dabble in my beliefs of the energies and auras and all that. Like, I date someone who's super into it, and I think I've seen enough that I don't necessarily dismiss it offhand. But do we really buy that the way your bed faces could be the difference in, like, how you feel and the good kind of sleep you get? I once said to my father, did you ever try not being sick? And, <laughs> yes. Very jerk thing to say. It was with AJ at VFX. But but when the guy is seemingly constantly sick, I think you subscribe at some point to maybe, just maybe, he always thinks he's sick, and so it kind of manifests itself. And he, of course, said no. I was like, eh, just saying, there might be something to this because it seems like you always think you're not feeling well, and then you're always not feeling well. Adds up. Now, out of options for someone who... I think generally, we'll say generally, average care of themselves taken. Maybe just maybe the study about which way their beds face it should be taken seriously. Now, the study was done by uh, people who are super into it and it says even at the bottom, like take it with a grain of salt. But study found that your way, the way your bed facing 
could affect your health. And my question is this real quick before we get into it. So when it says if your head is facing, does that mean like the direction your head is closest to? Like if you put it against the wall or because I feel like even though I set my bed against the wall, I'm actually facing towards the foot of the bed, right? Because that's the way I'm looking down when I'm up. So I'm not sure what facing the is necessarily. Uh, but it says if you have a bed, if your head is facing, excuse me, your bed is facing east or south, you're more likely to have a healthy resting heart rate, low cholesterol, and low blood pressure. While we're on the subject, it found that if your front door faces south, you're more likely to have mental health issues and money problems. Which is how do you how do you remedy that? I mean, I, I've seen some home improvement shows, and I've seen too many where people are like, "Yeah, I just want to move the front door to a different wall if we could. Like, I want it facing a different direction." How, how do you remedy that? Lucky for me, mine's not facing south. My upstairs neighbors, though, their front door faces south. So they come down and it goes right up. It faces right towards those mountains uh, for uh, Sardine Canyon. I have to pass that on to them. Mine faces east. Also found out if your desk faces east, you'll work faster and have an easier time concentrating. Producer Butter's desk faces east. I'd say he's pretty productive. He's a hard worker. Concentrating. You know what? Yeah, yeah. When no one goes back there to bug him, I think he can get a little sidetracked, but he's pretty nose to the grind. So, yeah, you know, I think I might agree with that. I might agree with that. But how do you fix the front door? And what do you do about the bed thing? So, okay, so if the bed found that the bed, your bed is facing, could affect your health, it claims the head of your bed, if your head is facing east. So, if the head of the bed is facing east, so the head of my bed, no, mine's facing west. So, I know I'm. I'm I'm not having a healthy heart resting rate, a low cholesterol, blow ple- blood, low blood pressure. My dad's, though, his bed is facing east. It has. They've been in that house forever, and it's been in the same spot. So, up, uh, we, we debunked it. I tried. I was, I was trying to give an open mind. We debunked it. <laughs> Speaking of having an open mind, kudos to the people who vote for Park Narcs, because you really do go out of your way to try and have an open mind. With that being said, one... One nominee this week is absolutely egregious. Another one I think is so too, just because of the sheer laziness of it. But you decide for yourself, you haven't voted, get some more shots in, it ends tomorrow. Utah's VFX on our social media. I am a, man, if you say avid jaywalker, right? It sounds like the cops are going to 100% track me down, doesn't it? I want to say avid jaywalker then. AMs with AJ on VFX. I am for jaywalking because in, especially in Cache Valley. Like, if it's on Main Street, obviously, that's tough. Go to the crosswalks. But other places, traffic is slow enough. I think most roads you can figure it out. But good gosh, yesterday, there were so many people on my way home that were just trying to get hit by cars because they were like, they were, they would be like 15 feet from the crosswalk and they're going to run out and they'd be like, okay, so you're a pedestrian and the attitude you're carrying yourself is like, go ahead, hit me. And I don't want to, but you do realize, like, car versus person, we know who wins that fight. I only bring this up because, like, jaywalking narcs or whatever we call jay narcs would land this time of year. I think it would be more seasonal, but I think it would land this time of year. That being said, park narcs is year-round. we got to figure out who's going to make their way into the end-of-year tournament and which narker, the person who took the picture, not the parker themselves, gets the reward of finding terrible parking. Like nominee number one, close enough. Trying to parallel park, has the room to parallel park, just needs to pull out and cut it a little bit less and decided, I'm going to leave it 45 degrees. It's the laziness that does this. It's like the one guy that parked on the curb in the parking lot. Like, all you had to do was back up just, like, half a tire rotation, 
and pull it in and you would have been off. And it's the laziness that bothers me because you know that if it's this lazy, there's going to be something a little bit more serious that comes along and they go, well, whatever. Because this was a simple fix. But I get first glance, nominee number two, probably the early favorite. You're here for a minute, right? This SUV has pulled up behind someone who is in their driveway. Hopefully they ain't got nowhere to go because they ain't getting nowhere because there's a uh, pole right there to the left. Can't cut there. Can't see what's to the right, but they're going to have to go over yard either way. They ain't making that squeeze. They stuck. So, you know, if you're home, buddy, good news. You got locked in at home. Which one's the most annoying? That's what we're going to find out tomorrow. But your votes are what decides it. I'll cast my official vote tomorrow. It's called cheating. So, of course, picked. I'm just kidding. Uh, I just wait because I don't want to influence anybody's vote. Utah's VFX on our Facebook page, also on our Instagram. Uh, vote for the one that annoys you the most. And, of course, if you see terrible parking, you can submit it to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Utah's VFX. VFX's Facebook roulette. Normally I go for giggles, but if I can find inspiration or thought exercises, which I like to su- subject myself to, I try. Aims with AJ at VFX, but regardless, the whole idea is you go to Utah's VFX and you get useful information or, or fun or thought, all that stuff, right? So I land on my friend Ashley Nate, and it's a picture of, uh, I was going to say Jason, but it's not. Horror movie fans, bear with me. It took me a second. It's not Freddy. Michael Myers. There it is. Michael Myers staring out a window at you. And it says, don't come to my house unannounced or I will stare at you from my window. Yes. That. Not only that, if you roll up into the parking lot, we'll look out and be like, who, who could that be? Michael Myers. Type. But if you ring the doorbell, we're going to be like, okay, wait, did you invite anyone? We're going to have this huge group discussion, like breaking down the strategy. Did we potentially invite anyone? Is there someone we said maybe come over and they misunderstood? Every time. So 100% that. Utah's VFX, find and add us across all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Vote for Parknarks on most of those places. You can also submit for Parknarks on most of those places. Anywhere podcasts are, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Utah's VFX. you find all our podcasts. Uh, Twitch and YouTube while you're at it for the after show coming up at about 1030. Um, as well for myself, The Agent Night. I'm The Agent Night across the board, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that. Cinco de Mayo starts at noon today at the Cache County Fairgrounds. Again, boots, food, music, activities for the kids. It's going on until 8. It's the only celebration you need. Take mom. And even if you don't count as a president, count it as a pre-president because it's going to be a blast. Again, starts at noon, goes till 8 at the Cache County Fairgrounds. And uh, other than that, make it through another week. We're almost there. So until tomorrow for AMs with AJ, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.